is the Becoming Epic Podcast. Becoming Epic. Epic isn't a word that we're just saying. Becoming Epic. Every person is courageous. Fitness became a blessing. It's my secret weapon. I'm living every second motivating you to become epic. Welcome back to Becoming Epic Podcast. My name is Adam Berzowski and I am your courage coach. So I took a little break last week um, for one, which I did not mention because I failed 75 hard. Um, I was going to do an episode on it, but then I was like, screw it. I just can't seem to get my head around it. And so I just didn't. Um, So I did fail. Oh my God, the mic's falling. That's right. Um, 75 hard. And I'm going to restart. My daughter got really sick last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was. And it just my poor planning, which is why 75 hard is so important is to plan. And so this week I have a awesome guest. Um, I've known him since 20, what did we just say? 2017. 2017. He's been a huge... actually a huge culture member, I guess I'll say, culture creator in, yeah, I like that. What does that mean? Well, I don't know. I'm going to roll with it. Um, (laughs) In our business and, um, or in Epic. And so he's a financial guy. And so um, money and fitness definitely go hand in hand when it comes down to setting goals and creating a plan and um, doing a whole lot. And this is his expertise. So welcome Juan Ross. <laughs> I had to do it. Oh, thank you. Courage coach, Adam. Yes. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks yeah. for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So, um, yeah, let's just dive right into it because I definitely want to bring some value. Um, maybe some good key takeaways too about how to plan for your future. Um, because we're going to discuss fitness. We're going to discuss financial, um, and you are a financial planner. So I will mm-hmm. just kind of let you introduce yourself and okay. explain what you do and go from there. Well, that is correct. Thank you. Uh, yes, I'm a financial advisor. The firm that I'm with is called forum financial management. Uh, the office that I'm in is located here in uh, Ventura County in Thousand Oaks, California, where we're recording, but we have offices all over the country. Uh, our home office is just outside of Illinois. But I've been doing that kind of work. Uh, I got my certified financial planner designation in 2009. So, and then I joined the firm in 2012. So it's been 11 years there. And that's what I do. I work with people, uh, business owners, non-business owners, families, and I get their entire financial house in perfect order and then keep it that way forever or try to keep it that way because they're going to do things that will mess it up. (laughs) And it's my job to say, no, no. Oh, we can't do that. That's not part of the plan. But a lot of it involves long-term planning and trying to maintain that long-term focus, that objective over many, sometimes many decades of planning, whereas people tend to be a little more, you know, short-term focused. Yeah. And so that's that's where I kind of come in and, and, and provide that perspective along with looking at everything in their life, taxes, retirement, estate planning, uh, insurance. You know, we look at everything and bring in outside experts when needed. And I'm kind of the quarterback of all that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Quarterback. Yeah, quarterback. Yeah, well, I think like, you know, for me being a millennial, which I hate identifying as a millennial, but whatever, it is what okay. it is. Born in the 80s, raised in the 90s. Um, you know, we are not educated on how money works, for mm-hmm. one. Um, for two, on how to plan for this stuff. So right. it's not like there's like a specific course. Like if you do X, Y, and Z, you will have X, Y, and Z, right? Yeah. Um, so then it, I guess like where do you start, right? Like with somebody who has done nothing with their financial life. (laughs) Right. Well, for me, and by the way, you're not alone. It's not just, I don't think it's, it's, um, particular to millennials. This, what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I think there's every generation. I don't know that education around personal finance is something that's really taught. Uh, sometimes people just, sometimes they just know it, uh, instinctively and maybe they talk to their kids about it. Maybe they don't, but you know, you have these issues in every generation, but in terms of where I start, there's two areas that I, if anyone wants to work with me, they can ask me all the technical questions they want. I say, I can't make any recommendations because I don't know anything about you. Mm. So it has to start with their values and their goals. So I take them through an exercise where they articulate their most deeply held values. I call it the values conversation. Uh, it takes maybe half an hour, 40 minutes. And at the end of that, some, most of the time people will say, oh my gosh, this feels like therapy. Uh, I get comments to that effect. And sometimes I've had people start, 
tearing up and crying because of how deep they get. And I'm just asking questions and they're yeah. just answering the questions. And then I follow up with, a, with another question. So identifying their values. And then from values, we go to goals. What are you trying to accomplish? What is a tangible goal that requires money and planning to achieve? Mm. Usually it's, you know, sometimes it's buying a, a house, first house, a vacation house or something. Sometimes it's educating kids or grandkids. Sometimes it's giving money away to charity. Usually there's a financial independence component there, retirement, work, making work optional, something like that. So we talk about those. We identify them. We give them a name. We give them a, a target date. We put a dollar amount on that goal. And so once we've identified values and goals, now for what I found, and this is why I use this process, is that decisions become clear because you have it, you've put everything into perspective. They, I don't know that anyone's really, at least in my experience, when in getting feedback from people when I take them through this exercise, like no one's really done this for us before or really laid it out this way where we can see because your financial decisions really ought to be aligned with your most deeply held values and your most important goals. Mm. Otherwise, you know, what is it that, we, what are you doing? Like, wh why are you making this decision? It has nothing to do with what's important to you or what you're trying to achieve. And that way I can help give recommendations and advice. So that's really where it all starts, kind of a 50,000 foot level. And then once they hire me, then we get into the weeds of, yeah. okay, uh, do you have, you know, do you need life insurance? Do you have life, you know, uh, what about um, retirement? Are you, do you have a 401k? Are you maxing it out? Let's look at your tax return. Are you taking advantage of every opportunity that's available? Do you have kids? Oh, do you have your trust done, your will, your trust, your advanced directive, your estate planning documents? No? Okay, we got to get you to an estate planning attorney. All of those things come into play. Do you have money in the bank? Okay, do you have an emergency fund? Do you have excess investments? Okay, now how do we invest that money so that it does what you want it to do? All of those things. It's So it's an ongoing process that takes a lot of time. Uh, and what I say is that my goal, my commitment to clients is to get their entire financial house in perfect order and then keep it that way forever. Mm. Um, and getting it in perfect order, that could take a couple of years, really. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, you, you don't want to overwhelm clients either. If you give them too much to do, you know, I can, me and my team, we can take on a lot of it. Uh, and that's our goal is to take as much of that off their plates. But at the end of the day, there's certain things that they have to do and we have to push them. If you give them too much to do, it's going to be like, oh, it's, they're overwhelmed. So we have to prioritize what are the two or three most important things that we need to get done in the next three months, yeah. six months. And then we tackle those. And then that's, it just kind of moves forward from there. It's very interesting. Cause like literally like everything that you just said, yes. I can turn into fitness. Yeah. Right. With right. like identifying core values. What are the goal? You know, what's your long-term goal? And you did this with me when I first started here. Yeah. yeah. And it's so funny. Cause like, I've never put it into like a practice like you have, like, yeah. like a, like a rhythm. It's just something that has come naturally to understanding people, yep. what their goals are. Um, and then what tools we have necessary in order for them to achieve it. Right. Because just like you, like your goal is to then get their house in order and then keep it like that forever. My goal is to then keep their, get their weight off or yes. get them to the optimal health. So that way they are educated enough to keep it forever. Right. And it's so funny that fitness and finance go hand in hand. They really do. You know, it, it's, you're right. You have to plan for it. Yeah. And in fitness you have, you know, whatever it is, you either have a goal of completing, uh, some objective, a, a race, Spartan, whatever. And so you have to train for that, or you have more personal weight goal, uh, you know, macro goals. And so you have to plan for that and it takes time Yeah, and you need discipline mm -hmm. and your, your role as the courage coach mm -hmm. is to keep people focused and motivated because it's so easy to veer off. And it's the same with money. Yep. You know, people, they're like, okay, great. We're going to get started. And then, you know, life happens. And part of my role is sometimes I'm just nudging people. Hey, remember we said we, ha we were going to do this. I'm, I have to hold you accountable. That's one of the reasons you're paying me is to, is for accountability. Yeah. Uh, they pay me for advice and planning and organization, getting everything organized and accountability. And yeah. that's, that's a key one, especially when, particularly when it comes to investments and the stock market is falling off a cliff and people are tempted to do the wrong things at the worst time. Yeah. That's where we have to step and say, uh, uh, no, no, let's rem let's go back to basics. Let's go back to where we started because what you're suggesting right now will do irreparable harm to your future and to achieving the goals that you set out already. Yeah. Cause like from the conversation that I've had, even like with my parents, cause like they have everything that you have said, they've got a trust set up, they've got, mm -hmm. you know, 
their 401ks and you know my parents were my mom's a teacher my dad was a government worker okay. so like they had pensions, pensions. and mm-hmm. all that stuff and sure. you know so it's like you know they have enough money to be retired that then supplies them the life that they're living and, exactly you know it's so funny like somebody who's like in the trenches who I know a ton of business owners that don't have these types of plans, Oof. right? Because there's a lot of, you know, people who are like, Oh, I got to make payroll this week. I'm right. not going to pay myself. Yep. So it is what it is, yeah. you know, to keep my business going. Right. And so like, that's some, some of the hard things for, you know, for me to work with finance because I've been in those situations, sure. a pandemic to shut my business down. Say, uh, that was a really big yeah. testing point for you. Totally. <laughs> the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I lost quite a bit of hair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's fine. It's, I found it in other places, unfortunately. Uh, okay. <laughs> <Just> kid- <laughs> TMI, but all right. Yeah. Good, um, good thing we're besties. Good, you, good thing we're you besties. You say that to me, but for sure, this is also going public. So. Totally. It is what it is. <laughs> right. I think everybody knows enough about me by, at this point. Um, because yeah, I think like, you know, money, they say one of the two biggest like reasons why relationships fail is, is money. And then yeah. what was the other one? There was, uh, I don't know, whatever money was like the main it's, one. It's a big one because it is such a stressful thing. Absolutely. You know, and I think like, you know, having a coach, right. Cause yep. like you're a financial coach yeah, in basically. this sense, mm-hmm. um, helps mediate some of the stress. Um, you know, just like in fitness, having a plan, like drawing out the map. Okay. We're at a, and we got to get to Z and it's not a, in a straight line. It's not line. A, never a straight line. Yeah. That's right. And, um, and then how do you get back on track? You know, so what, I guess let's now pair fitness and mm-hmm. how it's applied to you. Oh, okay. And then like, how do you then turn that motivation around to then, you know, apply it to your business? Well, I've had an interesting relationship with fitness. Um, I remember I was never the athletic kid growing up. Uh, I never liked sports. My dad loves sports, and he took me to Miami Dolphins games because we grew up in Miami, and I was like, I just sat there, and I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> uh, he took me fishing one time. That was a disaster. So he did try and encourage it in me, and I remember also in high school, my coach wanted me to try out for track and field because mm. he thought I had some kind of ability there, and I had no interest. So I did not even try out. I didn't do it. I'm, do, I, do I regret it? I mean, it is what it is. Um, so it wasn't until really mm, my late 30s, I think, uh, that I started to, first of all, I gained some weight, and I was like not happy with that, and I just started to think about, okay, I'm getting to an age where I really should probably do something about my health. Um, and my role model, uh, has always been my grandfather, my, my dad's dad. Mm. Uh, so I probably talked to you about him before. Um, he as you know, I mean, he died last year at the age of 103. Wow. So, um, yeah, I remember that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he was just amazing fit as can be. And I remember as a little kid and we were very close to both sets of grandparents, uh, growing up because, uh, my family came over from Cuba in the sixties. And so, I'm first generation Cuban American, but, um, my, my dad's dad always working out. Uh, he, I w- he would take me, I mean, if you can imagine in like the, the mid to late seventies going to a health food store, there was no whole foods, there was no sprouts, none of that. It was some random health food store in this strip mall. And it smelled of like, you know, vitamins, like vitamins, <laughs> yeah. he would buy his vitamins, he'd buy his healthy bread. And I'm like, what are we like? What is he doing? Yeah. And yeah, he just had a very strict diet. So he's vegetarian his whole life, even in Cuba. Wow. I learned later on that he was, he was, his dad was vegetarian. So he grew up vegetarian and he's the reason I became vegetarian. I've been vegetarian almost, geez, next year it'll be 30 years. Wow. So, um, so I haven't had as, you know, any meat since then. And I, and that was, Actually, that was probably the first kind of major health-related decision I made. So I made that in my in my uh, late twenties, um, and but then actually exercising that didn't come until much later. And and I I just looked at him. I said, you know, well I I switched my diet because of him. I might as well do what he did for because he played tennis into his eighties. Wow, um, that's and awesome. did yoga and weightlifting and everything. And he had a, weights at home and he had a sauna at home that he a single person sauna that he would you know try and sweat it out. So, uh, that's when I, I, I'd had on and off memberships at different gyms when I lived in the Valley and, you know, never, none of them ever stuck because I'm not the kind of person I spend my day telling people what to do, uh, and recommending. And so when I go to the gym, I don't want to have to figure it out. I just want someone to tell me what to do. I want to show up to a class. These are the exercises and I'm good to go. Yeah. So I, you know, so I started going to here in Simi Valley to, uh, what was at, the, it was called Oak Ridge. It was an independent 
facility, and that's where I got to know Wendy, uh, who's a coach here at Epic, and I really liked the way she taught classes, and I just started going to her classes more than, you know, and so I, she was, I was a regular in her classes there, and then she started teaching here, and she started mentioning in her classes, hey, I'm teaching some classes at this great new place called Epic, and I was like, okay. And then one day she decided that she wasn't going to be at, uh, <laughs> Oak Ridge had been turned into crunch fitness. Anyway, there's a whole long story, yeah. but, um, and then I came over here to Epic and that's when, but it was really Wendy, I think, and meeting her and uh, taking her classes, uh, really was a big changing point for me in my fitness journey. Cause then I could really see the results and by being disciplined. Um, uh, I could see my body was changing and then you and everyone here at the time really kind of just amp that up. You know, I mean, we did a, there was a 30 day challenge. I think as soon as like um, within a month or two of my joining here, yeah. we did that with that. The, the fat truck came out and, yeah. um, and I was like, Whoa. And I, you know, you taught me about macros. And so it's been, it's been a journey, but I've, I've, I've continued with it. Uh, and it's been, it's been great. I feel, I feel pretty healthy and, uh, I'm grateful for it. So yeah, Wendy is a, um, a she's special a, breed. She's a beast. Yeah. Not only is she, she's a local legend for yes. one. Every time that somebody says, Oh, Wendy works here. I'm like, Oh my God. It's like a celebrity side. <laughs> and it's like the mayor is yeah. here. Wendy's here. And yeah. versus I'm like, when I'm not here for a week, they're like, okay, you've been gone for a week, whatever. <laughs> um, whatever. And so, um, yeah, Wendy is just a, like, I don't want to call her like a freak of nature, but she kind of is like, she's, She's older, but yep. she relates to all age ranges. She really does, yeah. She is, her energy is like, I don't know, something that cannot be boughten. Um, boughten. Boughten? Boughten. Bottled. Bought, bought. Bottled. What are you, are you trying to combine, combine bottled and bought? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to combine. Okay. But um, yeah, she, her, like, it's it's can't be dupli- duplicatable. Duplicated? Thank you. Okay. Yeah, my words are so off today. It's, it's all because I failed 75 hard. Oh. 100% failure. Oh. See? Well, if you, that don't, was, uh, <laughs> if you don't try, you'll never fail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, her impact in people's lives have yeah. been something more than I've ever seen as a, just a trainer. Yeah. Right? And I think in her eyes, she's just a trainer, yeah. but in everybody else's eyes, she's such an impactful person. Absolutely, yeah. And it's like, she, she doesn't like, she's, she's not the, I need to be a celebrity. I need to be noticed. Like, I yeah. just, I want to be here. I want to have you not only work hard, but I want you to have the best time ever. Yeah. And I think that that's been one of the biggest culture builders, which is why I said that about you. About me. Yes. Is because. What did I do? of the not only the impact that she has made here but then like you doing what you do by combining your personality because i think your personality is just awesome um to like the the stories that you do when you post about epic the um (laughs) like everybody even people that don't know you know you i guess yeah Yeah. i guess that's true during the pandemic that was a thing totally Yeah. And it's like, and it's people like that, that create this environment and this culture, you know, but then again, like, since you've been here, you've done Spartan races. You've done, I wouldn't have done those if I hadn't come here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you did a trifecta. I did do a trifecta. So a a beast, 13 miler, a super six miler, and then a sprint three miler all in the same year. Yes. Uh, recently this year you ran a half marathon. Uh, I did. Um, (laughs) you placed third or second third uh yeah second or third yeah it was third overall yeah yeah uh which is incredible um and so now like confidence yeah is through the roof yeah i mean so like so now apply that to then like maybe when you started financial coaching and then to now like what's the big difference that fitness applied Ooh, well it certainly helped with stress um i i you know it's a my work is stressful because I have stuff coming at me all day long from clients, requests, questions, things I have to respond to, meetings I have to prepare for. Uh, there's always something happening. Plus, I'm trying to I'm still trying to build my business, so yeah. I'm I'm networking and doing business development and figuring out who would be a good fit for my practice or a good fit for someone else in our office. Maybe if it's not for me, so th- there's just a lot of pressure. And I think and for me, fitness. You know, if I don't do my workouts five or six times a week, I, I feel it. I'm like, oh, you know, I got, I got, I got. So yesterday I, you know, I doubled up on Wendy. I did a spin class and then I did her class because I knew today I wasn't going to have time because I have meetings all day long. But, um, but it just really, it helps with my stress. 
And even when the pandemic started, I remember feeling really out of sorts that like March, April, when you were shut down mm-hmm. and I was, uh, and st- my wife, Stacy, she, we were on a walk and I was like, I don't, something's wrong. And she goes, yeah, you're not in your routine. You're, you haven't, you're not working out. You're not, I go, yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And then fortunately you started the online right after that. And then I got back into a, a routine there. So that was very helpful, but certainly, so certainly stress, uh, confidence. Yeah. I would say, I would say for sure, because you know, and you're, you're good at this and I know you do it kind of teasingly, but you know, if I'm doing something out there and you think I could do heavier weight or I could do harder, you'll, you'll make me do that. Uh, and yeah, I don't want to look like a fool. So <laughs> I, I try the harder thing that you, so you, you throw an extra heavier dumbbell in my feet. And it's like, <laughs> no, you're supposed to do that one. And I'm like, Oh crap. Okay. And you're, but you're right. Uh, because you know me and, and maybe I just wasn't trying hard enough and yeah. So, but it helps with confidence. It really does. Um, I feel more confident as a financial advisor now, certainly than I did even a few years ago. Um, and I look around at, you know, when I go to networking meetings and people comment on how I look, not that I'm looking for that. I don't, I don't really care about that, but they're like, Hey, you you know, you're working out. And I, I talk about, it leads into a conversation about my fitness routine. Um, so that, that, and that helps with my confidence. So I think it's really well, it's very, all of that is very connected for sure. And discipline would be the other thing I would say hundred percent discipline. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got to stay at it, you know, giving up. I found, like I told you, I was, I gave up on all my other gym, you know, memberships and when I attempts at getting fit, but here I haven't because I found that I'm able to maintain the discipline and, you know, it helps to have a variety of classes and different coaches. And now I know kind of all their personalities and, um, it just, it really helps. Yeah. There's, you know, the whole networking thing and trying to build a business, oh, like, yeah. you know, you go through the, like these highs and lows of like, yes, I feel really confident. Uh-huh. And then you go there and you're like a shy little scared boy. Yeah. Like, like I've been through it all when it comes down to those networking things, but then it's also hard when everybody is out of shape like you know when people are going to these networking things it's all around food and alcohol yeah, there's and, bad food and yeah nothing yeah, healthy and yeah mm-hmm. and i think that that's like a, such a hard thing because it's like we have nothing in common you know because right. it's like yes i'm trying to especially me being a gym owner like yeah. going to a networking meeting like a bni or right business networking yeah, yeah bni yeah. i forgot the name of them yeah um you know it's like I don't, there's not a lot of value I can bring, you know, it's like I bring my energy, I bring this and like, but if they don't come to my gym, like I can't serve them. Right. Right. Versus like, you know, you can give them a little bit of a like advice of like, Oh, if you do X, Y, and Z with your money and you, maybe you take, I don't know, your 401k and use that for something else. I don't know. You can just give them some piece of advice that they can take away and, and then see that value. And then eventually maybe work with you as like a financial coach. Um, but then having confidence to continue to do it over and over again, even when you fail. Yeah. Failure. Failure. Okay. 100% failure. Yeah. 100% failure. It's a running joke. Yes. It is a running joke. There's a poster in my office. There's, I have it on a shirt. Yeah. Whatever. I'll explain it later. Um, (laughs) But that's where it's like, you know, for, for me, like giving value is the most important thing in life. Yeah. Right. It's like, if I walk into a room, I want to make sure a people can leave with something, whether that's like my hugs, right. Cause I yeah. hug everybody. You do. You hug. Um, and, uh, some people love it. Some people hate it. Oh, it's okay. Hey, Change I love it. I love it. Uh, the people that stay love it. <laughs> people that don't. <laughs> they leave? Don't. I don't because know. Because of the hugs? I don't know. Is that, uh, is that the feedback you get? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Okay. I don't know. Hopefully. I just assume because I like, you oh. know, work I was too hard or whatever. It doesn't oh, I doesn't matter. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that's really where like, you know, all everything that you do when it comes down to your planning, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, you make sure that you can plan your workouts. You make yep. sure that you can, I mean, we've set goals, like not just weight loss goals. Like we've done challenges where yep. you've done X, Y, and Z to get to a certain point. Right. Um, you've done, you know, Spartan races with yeah. training runs and, you know, you train for a half marathon, I did. you know, and not only that, but you had a coach, I um, did. which every coach needs a coach. I agree. Cause even the most professional people have coaches, yep. um, you know, and then taking all those elements and then putting it into your life, right. Mm-hmm. To then now you're leading people into their financial fitness. Right. Because that's, you know, even for somebody like, you know, I have a six year old daughter, I do, I should have started thinking about her 
when she was born, right? But like when it comes down to planning my you mean financial, college, like uh, yeah, call. Well, I've already spent her college I mean, money. It's, oh, okay. I, that's why I rehabbed. Hopefully, the you're thinking about her before she was born, or yes, uh, well, yes. Yeah. But the but the financial <laughs> plan of like sure, like what ifs, right? So like my parents always set up like they always had like their trust. They've always had yeah. like. They, they got to an age and I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm just going to put you in a home anyway. They're like, well, we've got long-term care insurance. So it doesn't matter what you say. That's good. We already got the plan. There you go. <laughs> I was like, whatever. That's good planning. Yeah, they are definitely good planners. I see. Um, but those are the things that like I'm more of a risk taker. I see. Right? Like we were having the conversation of like- We were. I, I feel like I play the lottery every day, right? It's kind of like I don't have- Are you a, saying you don't have certain things that maybe you feel like you should have because you have a daughter and- Yes. If you were to come to someone like me, they might recommend things like estate plan for you and life insurance. Uh, yes. In case, okay. All right. I see. For sure. Uh, or well, I'm scared to face it mm. and to see like how much damage is <laughs> is truly there. Uh, it's kind of like when you've been hiding in your house through an entire pandemic, you gain 50 pounds, right? Yep. And you're scared to go see, yeah, yeah. you know, a coach that is going to tell you exactly what you don't want to hear. I've had that experience. People have been referred to me and they're like, oh, my friend so-and-so totally needs you. And I gave them your information. And then I I'm probably, I may not hear from them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I do hear from them and then they decide not to move forward. And I, I, I suspect that sometimes it's that reason. It's like they don't want to face it. They're embarrassed. They feel guilt for making wrong decisions. And f on my part, there's no judgment on any of that. Yeah. Whatever's happened in the past is the past. I'm only looking from this point on. What do things look like? You know, if you were to, if you were to rate your, your, the state of your financial house from zero to 10, zero meaning is a complete disaster and 10 meaning it's absolutely perfect. There's nothing needs to be done. What would you rate yourself? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, I feel like I'm, I, I, so to give you a one number answer, I would say a four. Okay. Only because like my money's always moving. So sure. like, okay. I don't have like a standard, like, and like money going into one specific thing. Like I have kind of money spread out yeah, okay. everywhere. Fine. Yeah. I don't need specifics, but yeah, yeah, I was just in general with all the things that you're, you know, so if you're at a four, my question then if someone were to respond and you just did, yeah. uh, I would say, how would you like to be a 10? Oh, uh, perceive see emotionally and. Physically, I feel like I am a 10. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Financially, yeah, four. Um, no, I think that that, I mean, obviously, I would, everybody wants to be a 10. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's the that's the thing. It's it's facing that. And you're right. It's the same in fitness. It's, it's facing those, I don't know if it's fear. Like I said, it could be guilt. It could be embarrassment, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Those are just, those are just excuses, really, yeah. from preventing you from doing what you really need to be doing. No matter what. Okay, so someone has a lot of credit card debt. Big friggin' deal. Yeah. I've had a lot of credit card debt. Yeah. It's, it's, let's just plan for, okay, now what do we do to eliminate it? It's yeah. a fact. Okay, no judgment. Let's, you know, those kinds of things. So I don't know. Um, I think a lot of that just comes again with um, experience, dealing with different personalities, um, and, uh, and that, yeah, that confidence um, to be able to, coach them in a way that sometimes people need to hear tough love. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not here to say yes to everything that my clients say. I'm here to tell them what they need to hear. Like I have some clients that are overspending and I'm like, listen, we've talked about this before. You can't keep this up. Yeah. You're going to run out. It's yeah. you're too young or whatever the case may be. And, and then we have to plan for that. And sometimes we do have a plan like a backup plan. And sometimes they say, Oh, okay. I just, just going to keep doing it. I'm like, okay. You yeah. Know. So. Well, it's just like in, you know, same thing, like leading in, I, you know, I can't ha tell you, oh my God, excuse me, how many conversations I've had with people that turn into tears, right? Because yeah. like the emotional impact that unhealthiness has created in people's lives, oh, right? Yeah. And then on your end, like money is, it's, it is embarrassing, right? It's yeah. like the, the failures of what people have done in the past, right? Cause like I've had a crap ton of credit card debt. Sure. You know, my first business, I used credit cards to fund my business okay. and then it crumbled Yeah. and then I still had all the debt and lost all the right. money. So I was right. like, all right, great. Um, you know, but it's like, I don't think, you know, the hardest part is putting the mirror up right in front yeah. of that person, having them face themselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
getting them once they face that right then it's kind of like okay cool we got kind of like a blank canvas right yeah. it's kind of like when somebody comes in here and they're like oh i've lost 30 pounds when i did x y and z well i was like well why didn't you keep it off oh you know it's right. like well so then what worked for you then didn't work because you, you gained it all you back you didn't keep it off right you know and so that's the that's the bigger questions that I have for people because they're like, oh, I want to go back to my high school weight. I want to do this. Well, A, I tell them I don't have a time machine. I can't ever take them back there. <laughs> um, but like we can we can set that vision of what your future is going to look like. And then this is that path. Right. You know, and I think that that's what's scary for me, like on the financial side. Mm. Right. Because like I. I have a big vision of money and wealth and what wealth can look like for me and my family. Mm -hmm. Right. But then like, and I have my map to get there, but then my, I had, there's a lot of exits yes. on my freeway <laughs> of where I'm like, Oh, <laughs> look, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and just like in fitness, right. You go on vacation, you get, you get off track, you, um, I don't know, a family emergency, like whatever. There's right. so many variables in life that happen that yep. can take you off track. Right. And so I think, you know, finding coaches, right? Either a facility, like a fitness facility on the health side, finding a financial coach on the financial side yep. um, can then help bring you back to reality when you are overspending, when you are off track. That's what we're here for. Yeah, for sure. And I imagine it's the same for you that, we can only help people who want to be helped. True. If they want to, you know, it's if if they're not going to face it, obviously they they're not going to become clients of mine or clients of yours. You know, it, you have to want to make that change, and yep. there has to be a decision point where someone recognizes, oh crap, uh, you know, and that's sometimes the reason why people call me is like, uh, I've got all this money sitting around, and I'm worried I'm going to do something wrong with it, and I just I realized I've reached a point where I I need help. Yeah. Like, Great. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's see if this can work. And I imagine it's the same for you where people, you know, they have to they have to make that decision. And yeah. they have to it has to be a conscious choice to want to seek help, make a change or just confirm that what they're doing is right or if it's not, what should I be doing instead? And then for, you know, I have long-term relationships with clients, so I'm not just like a one-time person that someone hires me just to look at one particular thing. My my business yeah. model is set up to be long-term because that's where a lot of the potential exits on the freeway can happen is yeah. down the, we can set things up very perfectly now. And then a couple of years from now, something can happen in life and we have to have plan for that. Yeah. Someone could get cancer. There could be a death, a disability, a divorce, any of those things. And we need to have planned for that so that it doesn't derail you from where you're trying to get to. It's just yeah. a temporary thing. It's like, Oh, we already planned for God forbid it. We didn't want it to happen. It's happened. Now here's, here's what we're going to do to take care of that. Yeah. And I, you know, so many times people don't account for the variables, right? They don't yeah. account for, I mean, I guess you really can't, you don't, you don't have a, uh, one of those little spheres. I can't crystal ball. Like crystal thank ball. you yeah. <laughs> of like, Oh, this is going to happen to me in the future. Yes. Right. And like, but you, you kind of have to plan for best case scenario, right? right? Of like life. And if everything went by perfect X, Y, and Z, and then have like those backup plans. Um, yeah. I, I plan for sometimes worst case scenarios because mm. if, you know, with money, if something, you know, let's say we have a, a young family and I'm just going to, I don't know, make up a family and they have young children and they don't have life insurance and something happens to the breadwinner, whether it's the husband or the wife or whatever. Now it's, you know, they don't have anything to replace that income. And now what are they going to do? They're going to struggle and they have to, and it's, it's going to completely derail things. Or even like you said, long-term care, that's a really big deal right now with, with older clients where God forbid they need home health. They need to go into a facility, mm. uh, Alzheimer's, any of those things. If they've had money saved up, great, but they might blow through all of it. And then there might be nothing left for the next generation if that was their intent to leave something behind. So then you have to look at long-term care insurance where they're still relatively young and healthy. So these things are things that I, you know, I'm my, I, I have to think about these. I, I get paid to think about this kind of stuff and make recommendations. And then it's up to the client to decide whether or not to take the recommendations. But usually my clients will, they tend to listen to me, which is good. That's the kind of, <laughs> I, I don't want to work with someone who doesn't want to take my advice. Then it's like, well, why are you paying me if you're not taking my advice? Totally. Yeah. And you know, when it comes down to like figuring out the type of clientele you want to work with, right? Yeah. Just like us, I don't want to work with everybody. I right. want to work with the people that are ready for the lifelong yeah. change because I, 
you know, I think in any gym, it's like, oh, this gym didn't work for me because like they're blaming the gym. Yeah. And it's not the gym. It's, not, it's them. Yeah. Right. And it's like they're not able to take that self-responsibility for the position that they're in in the first place. Right. And then they're trying to get seek the help. Like I have the magic pill. Like, OK, well, if you can't lose the weight, then I'll just, you know, lipo suck it out of you, which yeah. is not the case. No. You know, but it's we have these tools that are set up in a specific manner. Right. Because you get your you move first. Then we clean your nutrition and then we work on quantity and okay. it's like that system works. Yeah. You know, and, and what I've learned coaching others, right. And the success that we've had, cause I haven't been in business for 13 years cause we don't deliver a good product. Right. Right. It's the fact that like we, we individualize it per person, mm. right. Because everybody is a little bit differently. Everybody learns a little bit differently, yep. you know, cause like you, if you drew it out on a piece of paper for me and you handed it to me and you're like, okay, I'm going to call you every week and hold you accountable. I was like, I wouldn't know what to do. Like I need to be shown what to do. Yeah like X, Y, and Z. And then like on repeat, be taught that because it has to become a habit for myself Sure. because I know I'm complete ADHD where I'm like, you know, squirrel. Thanks Juan. I appreciate (laughs) it. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's awful. And like, some, I love it because it's like, I'm so hyperactive. I'm, yeah, I'm, it works I'm, ex- for you. I'm excited about everything. But then again, it's also a double-edged sword because then I get excited about everything. And the one thing that really is important that usually gets not done in the right amount of time, mm-hmm. it, it gets done. Um, <laughs> but those are like some of the big things that like, you know, pre-planning, you yeah. know, is, is having a plan yeah. set in place and then knowing that it's not going to be a hundred percent to plan because of life's variables. Right. No, that's right. At least having the plan is a big part of it. Um, because without the plan, now you're just wandering in the wilderness without, mm-hmm. uh, you don't know where you're going again, going back to the beginning of what are your values and what are your goals? What's important to you and what are the things that you're trying to achieve? And that can always get you back on track is remembering that. And sometimes I'll do that. I'll bring, you know, I, I have a big worksheet where all, of, all that's laid out and I'll, I'll remind them. I go, hey, this is what we talked about. This is what's important to you. This is what we're trying to achieve. Oh, we've achieved this first goal. Nice. Is there something new that's come along? You know, and it, it helps to, to just as a reminder uh, to go back to that. And, you know, hopefully people stay pretty much on track, you know, at least... The people that I work with, I mean, I just had a really nice, uh, a very productive meeting with a, with a client uh, last week, husband and wife, who have been um, maybe procrastinating a little bit on some of the things they were supposed to be doing. And the meeting was very productive. And he sent me the nicest note afterwards about just how much he appreciates me and, and the team that, that I work with and uh, pushing them and keeping them accountable. And, and, the, and it, was just, it was just a really sweet thing. So... You know, it's nice to get those those kinds of comments because then you know, all right, so um, we're we're having an impact. We're we're doing good work. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, because you're kind of like a security blanket, right? Because if you know you can show these people that are always stressing about money, they mm-hmm. have a lot of debt, to give them some form of like a like a comfort, like a just like that heavy hug, right? Like uh-huh. things are going to be okay. You know, I mean, we get that a lot here too. Because like, I mean, people struggle. People have their ups and down days, and you know, it's not life isn't about being a hundred percent. It's about being 1% better every single day, Yeah, you know, and then whatever happens happens. And so I think that that's, you know, just gives yourself, I mean, you should give yourself some kudos by getting those types of texts and appreciating the fact that you are making a, a huge financial impact in people's lives because holding them accountable is it's hard to do. It is, you know, it's especially when, you know, I got a call last night at like nine 30 you know, it's oh. like, yeah, saying I need some help, oh. um, you know, so like, or a text or whatever yeah. to like get, get out of your relaxed state and then, mm-hmm. you know, be a service Yeah, because I think that that's people that do service, you know, I mean, you provide a, a very, I think a service that everybody needs. Um, not everybody's ready for it. Right. Just like fitness. I agree. Um, but then when you have those long-term clients, they don't, they're not even clients. They become friends. They, they become do. family. They really they become do. like that relationship. I've gone to uh, funerals. Uh, I've gone to other family related for clients. You know, these are people who pay me on a professional basis and they invite me to these personal events and it's, it's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you, it doesn't matter how many zeros you have on your balance sheet personally. Yeah. Uh, everyone has very similar fears worries, anxieties. I mean, I have some clients that 
I know they're never going to run out of money. And it's just their spending and the numbers we've crunched. It's just not going to happen. They still worry. They still have fears. It's, and that's fine. It's, it's just where they're at, you know? And, you know, but one of the best things of what I do is, uh, and this is an area of specialty of mine is, uh, is charitable giving. Mm. Um, I, um, Actually, while I was a member of here at Epic, I, I, I did the Simon Sinek why course and uh, figured out my why. And um, it has a lot to do with building relationships with others so that they can have an impact in the world. And my background in charitable giving plays a big part of that. Um, and, that. Uh, yeah. So it's really great when clients want to leave an impact. Uh, I can show them how to do it effectively and uh, and tax efficiently. And it's 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 very satisfying. Yeah. Know, to have those, not every client I have is charitable, but for the ones that are, it's, it's a great, it's a great feeling, you know, to know that you're doing that. Yeah. But not only that, but then you're also on the board of a very awesome oh, charity. Yes. Fit for the cause. Yeah. Yep. Fit for the cause. I so let's kind of dive into that. Okay. That's super cool. Cause sure. I was involved in that for a while. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's a charity, a local nonprofit here that provides uh, fitness programs for underserved communities, adults with developmental disabilities, seniors, veterans, uh, and it's been, you know, it's just a, been a little, the little engine that could, uh, and we've done a number of athletic related fundraising events that I've been involved in a kayak race, a, tri- a quadrathlon, a boxing thing, a, <laughs> a pickleball thing was the most recent one. So, uh, that's nice to be able to merge the, you know, fitness and, uh, charitable giving and fundraising, uh, for, for, a, a, what's a, a really good, a good nonprofit that keeps very lean on their expenses and, um, just runs a really tight ship and, uh, it's been nice. Yeah, no, I was involved in that God for a couple of years and yeah, we, yeah, we did that quadathlon hey, or quad whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was a it was swim, run, swim, uh, then workout, like workout class and, then and a spin s- class. And a spin class. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I remember that day. Oh my God. That was brutal. That was brutal. Um, but yeah, that charity. And then I used to host, um, the workouts for, um, a good group of the people that oh, yeah, the, for, um, right. You had him here at the gym, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, and I would teach it and yeah, it was yeah. so awesome. Oh. And like, I built such good relationships and, you know, obviously that the pandemic, they didn't, oh, right. you know, and then things changed, things yeah. changed yeah. and yeah. my role changed. And, sure. um, but yeah, I'm, you know, if there's one thing in the world that I know I can give it's time, you know, yeah. and I think time is way more valuable than money can ever have, especially, true, you know, true wealth is discretionary time. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I mean, it's like it, you can have all the material things you want, but yeah when people feel the the feeling wealthy is all about just having the time to do whatever you want. Yep. Which, and that can mean you may not have that much of the bank, but you've got time or you may have a lot in the bank. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all about discretionary time. Mm, I love that you say that. Cause I always say like, um, I, I don't want to work for a living. I want to live for a living. Yeah. And like that. And I feel like I am in that state when it yes. comes down to having that type of time wealth. Sure. Um, because I'm, I am able to make an impact in other people's lives, even outside. Like, I mean, for the, for what, nine, 10 years, I volunteered at the elementary schools coaching for the junior oh, Olympics here in town, nice. even before I had a child. Um, it was awesome. Aww. I loved it. And then I'm hoping to be invited back this year, <clears throat> Jamie Snodgrass, um, calling you out. Um, uh, <laughs> I know she listens. And so, um, because yeah, like I think that is the biggest thing that like anybody can ever do, yeah. you know, because it's like time is the only, you can always make more money. You can never right. get back, back ne- more time. Never time. Yeah, you can never get that back. That's the most precious resource. Yeah. So, And I think that that's the one thing I am trying to teach my daughter. I want to teach my daughter is mm-hmm. that how how valuable time is. Yeah. And so she's, and, I, and she gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think now for the fact that I'm able to like take her to school and take her to camp and do the things that I yeah. have the time for, which a lot of parents don't sometimes. Yeah, I know. You know, they work for a living. They're, right. you know. Robin Peter to pay Paul Mm. and you know, and, and so like that's, you know, having your core values aligned, right? right? Because to me, I don't honestly care how much money I got as long as I got time. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Uh, and that's really one of the ultimate goals, even if we don't state that as a goal for the client. I mean, usually, like I said, there's a goal related to financial security or independence or, you know, I'm not a big fan of the word retirement, uh, you know, but a lot of people still use that word. I like, I like work optional. Mm. If people want to work because they love it, that's great. I'm all for it. And you can work until you're 
as, until you fall asleep at your desk, as long as you're doing it for the love and not because you need the money. Yeah. Um, and you can walk away from it if you want. Uh, that's to me an ideal scenario for, for a lot of people, uh, once they hit that point in their life. But yeah, no, it's, um, it's a, it's, it's a been a real, um, it's brought a lot of personal satisfaction to be of service. Um, I've been, I've kind of been in a service role my entire, you know, adult life. I was in the film business out of college where I was on set basically doing logistics and serving all the other departments, uh, on oh, a film. Wow. And then I was in the nonprofit world where I was fundraising. And then that was a, that was a service related role. And now this is service related. So it's just kind of been my thing all, yeah. all this time. So. See, and that's why we jive. That's why we're besties. Because it's all about delivering value to other people. Yeah. You know, and then I think that the service industry, right, it's it's the, right now, I think it's the biggest industry because yeah. retail's dead. Yeah. Um, even, you know, a lot of like in-office stuff is either tech or service. Right. You know, that's really it. Everything else is done through a computer or a freaking phone. Yeah. So now, let me ask you a question because sure. I think that this is where... Um, you know, my shiny object syndrome comes into play. And I think a lot of people mm. have this actually, especially in my network is, um, you know, with like TikTok and Instagram and all these like influencers that like are like, Oh, I can make a million dollars staying at home and this and that. But right. it's like, they, I, I feel like a lot of them are built off emotion to get people to do things right because yeah. they're not in a state to where they're confident in their financial life yeah. to then make a, a risk like how do you i don't know if anybody's ever asked you about any of this type of stuff but because there's like tons of different like side hustles that people can yes, do right. right like drop shipping on amazon there's right. you know become a tiktok influencer like there's other thousand different ways to get paid now because like you know a lot of industries are dead yeah. Right. Like, you know, when it comes down to manufacturing, a lot of stuff's done overseas. Um, you know, so like I said, it's either service or tech. Yeah. So like what advice do you have for people that are like me, like shiny object syndrome? He's like, oh, drop shipping guys making a million dollars a month just selling stuff on Amazon. Oh, I'm going to sign up for his program. Right. Like, how do you like what advice would you have for somebody like that? Well, I mean, I'm, you know, uh, the way I would answer that is, well, first of all, I'm I'm not really qualified as like a career counselor. So gotcha. people want whatever they want to do. I, I want them to follow their passion and their love. If they, if they're looking to make money, I, again, I have to take a kind of take a step back and look at the big overview. It's like, okay, why do you, why is it that you want to do that? Um, okay. Maybe you want to make a million dollars, but what for, um, let's look at your current situation. I have to know what your current situation is. How much do you have in the bank? Do you have emergency savings? Do you have a debt that you're trying to pay off? Like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish by wanting to earn a million dollars by following some TikTok influencer or something like that? So, um, I think it, it comes back to that. It comes back to, you know, what is it that you're trying to accomplish that what you're describing is whether it's a, you know, squirrel kind of a thing or just general interest in a side hustle or something like that. So like a side hustle could be good if your goal is I want to have $20,000 in my emergency fund or I'm trying to save up a down payment for a house. Okay, then you should do everything that you can to generate cash flow into your life so that you can get to that goal. Yeah. But, you know, so, some of those things, you know, it's people trying to sell a service and a lot of the times it's not going to work. And so, yeah, you're taking a risk. It's a, it's also you're using up time that could be used more valuable in something else, some other pursuits. But, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm not opposed to it, but I come, I approach it with some skepticism and also, again, taking that sort of step back and that higher level view of, okay, why is that something that you want to do? What's the end goal of that? Is it just the money? Is it just, I want to be an influencer? Okay, well, why? You know, I, I, I have a client who's a YouTube uh, influencer, you know, he's, makes a lot of money on YouTube. It is work. I yeah. mean, it is a full time job. Oh, I mean, yeah. He's running a company. He's got a company. He's got employees. He's it's a business and you have to treat it that way. Yeah. So it's, a, it's not always as easy as it maybe people make it seem out seem to be. Yeah. Cause that's the, like, you know, with the opportunity that you can technically make money online, right. With right. like YouTube channels and things like that. Sure. Like I'm very interested in all things business. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, cause my daughter sits here and watches YouTube and all these like channels sure. and stuff. And I'm like, why don't we just do something like that? You know, yeah. because like a, my daughter's cute as a button. Yeah. Um, she's got the personality, <laughs> you know, like her father. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she does. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, because like, 
my my whole thing with money, right? Because I don't want to. There's there's earned income and then there's residual income, sure. right? So there's right. there's like I don't want to trade time for money. I want to have time and still make money, right? You know, and so and I think that that's kind of why I wish they educate about money differently in the upbringing of education, right? Sure. Because it's like you know it's all about training time for money. It's right. like go to school, get a good job, but like my generation has been, especially with the boom of the internet and online, like there's other means to that. Like you don't necessarily need a good education to learn to make money. You know, like you just gotta be sometimes just a good person and want to get back. And I mean, Mr. Beast is probably one of the biggest, you know, kind of like role models for that because not only, I mean, he's worth like $12 billion now. It's insane. Worth a lot of money. Yeah. You know, but like, and all, all it was from was, just grinding, making videos, right? You know, and so like, that's, but you have to plan for that. Yeah, it, it it's a commitment. It is, and I think people maybe don't realize just how hard work that is. Yeah, up front to build, because you know, you're not going to get a huge audience right away necessarily. I yeah, mean, TikTok maybe, and yes, there are. I'm sure there are influencers out there who just started doing it for fun, mm-hmm. and then suddenly they've got all these followers, and suddenly they're starting to monetize, and like, oh crap, I'm. This is bigger. So, yeah. and the question, then now you're at a decision point. Do I want to keep following this or do I still want to kind of keep it as a hobby and not put all of that energy into what it could be? Um, and, you know, what's the lifespan of a typical influencer, whether yeah. it's on Instagram or YouTube? It's it's not going to be forever. Yeah. You have to plan for that. You totally. say, okay, at some point this, is, this may go away yeah. unless you diversify into other things that can provide some passive income with all this money that you're bringing in. So, so that, again, that requires, that requires planning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but aside from the people that just, it just happens kind of by chance, it's a lot of work and yeah. you have to, you have to re, be disciplined. And when you're not getting followers up front, do you keep going? You want to give up? No, you got to keep, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And maybe it pays off. It's yeah. a risk. It's just like a business, just yeah. like any business. You start off a business, you hope it works out. And it may or may not work out, but you have to go into it with that mindset, not just like, Hey, I'm going to be famous right away because, well, how do you know that? There's no guarantees. There's no, you know, it's not guaranteed for anybody. Yeah. And I think, you know, with educating people about money, that passive income word needs to be more relevant versus earned income, you know, because it's like, there's so much more that you can do with your time, with your life that doesn't have to be glued down to a desk and a chair, you know, it can be, um, and then whether if it's a YouTube or TikTok or whatever, but then learning how to make that money passive, right? Because that's the thing. It's like when money is a tool, it is, you know, and that's it's where it's just a means to an end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where most people like, oh, like, you know, stress about debt. And like, there's certain things in my life that I've not stressed about. Like I've, I've been in tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And I've never once stressed about it, yeah, okay. um, you know, because like, I just don't stress about money, yeah. you know, like I've learned to have a different type of relationship due to like having good role models right. of people of that taught me about yeah. a lot of it starts with, you know, who you see, what kind of behaviors you see modeled as a kid. And, yeah, totally. And the things that you hear that you maybe you know, that enter in your subconscious and that all impacts your relationship with money moving forward. And some yeah. people have a healthy one and a lot of people don't. Okay, so let's talk about that really quick and then we can end it on this note because it's like, just like you need a healthy relationship with yourself in order to want to make a difference in your life, right? So somebody who has an unhealthy relationship with money, what is some good key advice that you can give somebody to change their mindset on money to have it not be such a huge stressor in their life? Oh, wow. Well, I mean... You know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm working on a book that talks exactly about this, not to promote that because it's not ready yet, but hopefully it will be soon. Um, it's about moving towards what I call being financially Zen. Okay. You, you may have your money, your, your financial house may not be in perfect order yet, but there's a way that you can still be very Zen about it, very kind of calm and peace at peace with it, knowing that you're taking the steps to make it right, as opposed to being stressed and worried and, and, and anxious about it. Um, I think, I think a lot of it is mental. Uh, it's having, um, an abundance mindset versus a lack mindset. Uh, a lot of it is ignoring. There's just so much chatter out there. Mm. Um, on social media, there are people, I mean, I had a client once who sent me a thing that she saw on a Facebook post. It was some financial advice and the poster, the guy who posted it 
is a cardiologist. I'm like, okay, you're taking financial advice from a heart doctor. Okay. I'm going to tell you now I'm going to give you medical advice. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like you don't listen to him. He doesn't know anything. So, um, there's just so much of that. And people are like, Oh, you know, and they, you know, they start wondering whether is that the right thing or is this the right thing? You got to learn to ignore all of that, put that all out of your mind, especially if you're working with someone like me. Um, because I hear it all, I hear everything and I, yeah. it's like, I, I can, I have answers to it all. And I, I kind of know about everything. Uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff, there's a lot of financial pornography is what some people might call it. So like CNBC and you know, all of those financial news, it's all entertainment. So you mm. can't take it as advice. It's entertainment. Um, so ignoring all the chatter, working on your mindset, um, and you know, things like any, any kind of intentional mindfulness practice around money would help. So even if you develop an affirmation, a mantra meditation, a and, and really focused on, I have enough. I, uh, you know, I, this is an abundant world and things are, you know, so part of it is the, is the thought process is the mindset, but then you also have to take action. You can't just sit there and meditate all day about how <laughs> abundant you are if you're not going to actually take any steps to in that direction. So totally. there's a total, there's a, there's a very, uh, it's, it's almost a symbiotic relationship between having the right thoughts and taking the right actions. And sometimes that includes, you know, hiring a professional to help you. And sometimes it's doing it yourself and that's totally fine too. There are a lot of really good books out there that aren't sort of chatterish, um, you know, that, that, uh, I can, I can send you, you know, I don't know if you post it on a website or something like that or yes, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you can, yeah. Well, or just recommend some books now. Uh, there's one called, uh, the investment answer book, which is really good about sort of investing and, you know, the, the right way to look at the stock market. Um, I really love, uh, Jen Sincero's book. Um, you're a badass, uh, mm -hmm. is what is badass about money or is, you know, that one is, I think is really good. It's, she has a bunch of badass books, but there's one yeah. in particular that's specific to money. I thought she, she really, uh, made a lot of good points in a way that is comical and yet very truthful to it. Um, you know, those are two that, that, that come to mind right away. Um, cool. and you know, Dave Ramsey, I think is a lot of people have benefited from, uh, his, you know, his books, I think there's pros and cons to it. I think his baby steps are really actually quite helpful to people because it lays out a process for, you know, sort of a sequential process for getting, you know, your, your money kind of in, in, in some kind of order, um, without overwhelming you. So I, I think, I think that part of it, his baby steps, I think could be very helpful to people as well. Okay. Yeah. It's so funny. You, so I took Dave Ramsey's course Yeah. and, um, the I'm part of a couple business groups and they always talk so much crap about David. Well, he, he talks about 12% returns and this and that. So there's, there's other things in his writings that aren't quite, yeah. you know, but then uh, also like, a, you know, consumer debt, bad business debt. Good. Right. Oh. Mm -hmm. So that, so like, that's really where like, so, you know, a lot of, you know, how to, again, how to use money as a tool. Yeah. Right. You have a 0% credit card. That's $12,000. You can put that money into a money savings account, making four or five, 6%. Boom. That's free money that you're making money off of. Right. You know, so it's like simple things like that, that like to a normal person that just spends like consumer products or consumer things on a credit card. Yeah. Right. That don't bring dividends that don't bring earned income or, or passive income. Yeah. Right. Versus utilizing a credit to then earn income. Yeah. You know, right. so that's, that's the only reason why, like, I think his, his cash, his idea of cash is good. Yeah. Um, the whole, the envelope thing is right. good. Right. Right. Um, you know, to have build some structure, Yep. you know, cause like everybody needs like a foundation. Yep. Right. And I think that that could be a foundation. Um, I have read you are badass, not the one on, on the, on money. Uh, on money. Yeah. She's, she's got a money one. one. It's really good. Yeah. And, and the thing to remember about all these, even someone like Susie Orman, any of these financial gurus, they're, the advice that they put out is very general, very generic kind of, but people have, people are individuals and it's not, a, a, you can't always take the advice that sort of general advice and it may not be applicable to you. So I, I tell this to clients, I have one client always listen, always read Susie Armand is always telling me, well, this is what Susie would say. I go, okay, yeah, but Susie doesn't know you mm. the way I know you. And that wouldn't work for you because of X, Y, and Z. That's why we're doing this other thing. Mm. Uh, and sometimes I have to make that point. So it, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. A lot of it is just very general trying to kind of personal finance advice. But in me, in my practice, you know, I get to know clients so well that, 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 that advice may or may not apply to them. And there may be something more individualized, customized, again, based on their values and goals that would be more appropriate for them.
Mm, I love that. Well, I appreciate you. Hey, and this I is appreciate so fun. You, courage coach. Uh, so I am. I even got a tattoo. There well, it is. I see coach it right part, here. But... You can. This is podcast. You can't see it. I <laughs> yeah. can see it. Not yet. We'll, we'll start filming them soon. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Juan is here to make your life financially zen. Um, nice. He is uh, like he did mention. He is writing a book, which I'm excited about because um, hopefully it'll be done soon. Put some pressure on. Yeah, um, I'm shooting for first draft by September. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, damn, look at you going to work. It's discipline, baby. It yeah. is. You got to devote the time. It, oh, my God. It is discipline to mm-hmm. sit there. And, yeah. I, oh, my God. That's awful. I couldn't even imagine. That's why I <laughs> want somebody to transcribe my podcast and just write a book from that. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So, I appreciate you. I hope somebody, um, you know, you guys listening took something away from this just because, yeah, there's a lot of asset or a lot of aspects to your life that need to be in line have a plan, create core values and stick to it. Right. And, um, yeah. And so drop your, um, Instagram or whatever, however people can contact you. If yeah. They can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably oh. the, one of the easiest ways. Uh, I'm, you, know, if you just Google my name, J U A N R O S just one S. Uh, I come right up. Uh, my, my, the website for my firm is there. Uh, my Instagram is at Ross boss is my personal one. R O S B O S S. Um, I also have at financially Zen, um, and I have this podcast now that I'm doing with my son. So yep. I'll just plug that real quick. <laughs> just knock it all out. Cinema chat with my dad. Uh, it's my son and I talking film. Uh, that's all it is. Nothing to do with money. Nothing. It's just a, a passion that we both share. He's a film student and I was a film student and worked in the film industry. So we have kind of a perspectives on film. That's also generational because he likes certain things and I like certain things. And so it's, it's, it's been fun to, to do that. So I love yeah. That. So there's lots of ways to reach me. Um, so there you go. Cool. Well, I appreciate you. Hopefully y'all got something that you can take away from this and every person is courageous. Right on. Thank you for listening to the becoming epic podcast. If, if you're still listening to this, that means you took something away from this episode. Make, make sure you leave a review and subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Becoming epic. We'll see you next time. Fitness became a blessing. It, it, it's my secret weapon. I'm living every second motivating you to become